Yeah, yeah, it's Khalil. What's up? This is episode one of Yeah, it's Khalil. And yeah, I am Khalil. Uh, this is a brand new podcast. I just started. I had one before. You may be familiar with it. Uh, it was called Marjorie Park. That one is now dead. It's done with. It's uh, it's not coming back. If you were not familiar with that one, then I hope you stick around and you might like this. If you were familiar with that one and you did like it, then you'll probably like this one. And if you were familiar with uh, Marjorie Park but you didn't like it, you're probably not going to like this. <laughs> uh, it's it's a lot of me talking, obviously. Yeah, but maybe give it a chance. Who knows? So on, on this podcast, I'm going to be talking about current events, culture, and generally cool shit. Most episodes are just going to be me, but I do plan on having some interviews and I do plan on having some kind of variation uh, with content at some point. New episodes are going to be dropping weekly on Mondays starting next week. This week I'm dropping on Wednesday. Um, I'm recording Wednesday morning, so I hope to have this up by the evening. I'm dropping it on Wednesday this week because I can. Going forward, it's going to be Monday because... I just arbitrarily decided Monday. So to start off this episode, I wanted to touch on 2020 a little bit. Not too much because, I mean, we're already like in the third week of January. So I don't want to do, you know, a, a 2020 recap. I don't want to do a uh, a New Year's episode. But there are just a couple things that I wanted to talk about. And I, I don't want to focus on the bad stuff. I mean, I feel like I still got to mention it. There was a pandemic and wars and riots and protests and genocides and the worst the worst shit imaginable. But I, I don't wanna I don't wanna focus on that. What I do want to touch on is just that I just wanna acknowledge that twenty twenty was really tough for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Socially, financially, emotionally, and one way that uh, that I know a lot of people were struggling and that hit me the hardest was creatively. You know, like like I said, I had a podcast before, and I think the last episode I dropped was in January 2020, so like almost exactly a year ago. Yeah, I just I, I just had no desire to produce content or to to write. It wasn't that I couldn't; I just didn't want to. I didn't feel the need to, and maybe that was a result of the pandemic, the the lockdown and quarantine and stuff. Everything was kind of just. I just felt stifled maybe, but for whatever reason, yeah, it was a bit of a creative block. So that's why I, that's why I disappeared, but, but that's done now. I'm writing again and uh, posting again, and you'll be hearing a lot from me as long as you keep pushing play. Yeah. Despite all this, all, all the negativity, I think there's still a lot to be thankful for. Me personally, I had a few, let's say momentous occasions. I went to South Africa for the first time visited my dad's side of the family. So for me, that was super dope. And I'll never forget that month that I spent there. And it was crazy because I I just got back to Canada just in time for the lockdown. I came back in mid-March and moved to Toronto right away. I think they announced the lockdown here like a day or two after I got back from from Cape Town, which was nuts. Uh, It was just perfect timing. Weird time to move though, and that's what everybody says to me. Like, yeah, I know, I know. It was, it was not a great time to move, but it happened, and here I am. Enough about me. Another big thing I wanted to mention that I was seeing in 2020, another huge positive. I was seeing this on social media. I was hearing about it from just talking to different people. Is a lot of people seem to be 
to be getting on their hustles, uh, whether it's you know, uh, school, they're starting school, or it's a fitness grind, or they're starting a business, or pursuing some kind of creative endeavor. Uh, it's crazy. It's like a, it's like a wave of people, I guess, because they have all this extra time and, and nothing to do. But it's, it's super dope to see that. And, you know, whether it's starting a swimsuit brand, going to university, uh, becoming a Twitch streamer. I don't know. It's just dope to see people really do do what makes them excited and just not worry about what anyone else is thinking. And maybe that's because, like I said, everyone's at home and you got so much time to yourself. I feel like during these uh, these lockdowns, people really found what, what makes them tick. And uh, I think that's a huge positive. That goes for myself too. I mean, like I said, I took a huge break from podcasting and, and now I'm back because I like it. And speaking of podcasts, I want to quickly shout out a couple other creators that are doing some good stuff. Sully's a really good friend of mine and he runs a podcast called The Annals of History. It's a history podcast. If you don't like history, I promise you, you won't be bored by this. He makes it really engaging. He's really passionate. It's it's not like he's he's not reading from a textbook. It's, it's super dope. It's on Spotify. I believe it's on Apple Podcast. Uh, but yeah, The Annals of History, dope podcast. And also, uh, my guy John, he just dropped a brand new podcast. I think there's four episodes out right now. It's called The Mic Check. It's a hip-hop-focused podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. So whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast, look up The Annals of History and The Mic Check. And then, of course, I got to shout out my girl for her YouTube it's just dope to see her being consistent, and it's kind of some motivation for me too. She does like lifestyle vlogs and personal finance type videos. Um, her her channel is just her name, Imari Yaboa, so it's I-O-M-A-R-A-Y-E-B-O-A-H on YouTube. Check that out. Enough about 2020. Let's move on to 2021. Now that stuff kind of ties into the first segment of this episode which is not necessarily New Year's resolutions. Because like I said, we're, we're now in the third week of January. I'm kind of late to the party. But uh, I do want to share a couple of my hopes or expectations. Uh, maybe that's you know a little bit of a twist on, on the, the resolution game. But yeah, anyway, here goes. I want to connect with creators, whether it's podcasters, YouTubers, writers... That's one thing I loved about podcasting, even with my limited exposure to it. You know, I wasn't doing it for that long, but everybody I talked to that was doing it was super supportive. Like I went to this podcast convention a little over a year ago. They had some people there that have been doing this a long time. So some professional podcasters, they had a lot of beginners, a lot of novices. They had some audio experts and some marketing experts, all different types of people. And, uh, Everyone was just mad supportive. Like it, it was, it was kind of surprising. I've, I've never been around just three hundred friendly ass people at one time. Uh, it was, it was kind of crazy, but it was super dope because of the the pandemic going on still, uh, and everything's locked down. It's, it's kind of tough to meet people like that. Well, I shouldn't say it's tough. It's impossible. We're not literally not allowed to do conventions like that. But I'm hoping I can create or join or simulate some kind of network somehow, um, especially with podcasting. 
I know a lot of people are doing it. Everything's online nowadays anyway, so there, there's got to be a way. But yeah, that's one of my uh, hopes for 2021. My second one is completely unrelated, but a thousand times more important. And this is this is one of the many issues that I could have talked about today. Obviously, there's innumerable issues that uh, that need to be resolved. Uh, but this is just this is one that was that's been on my mind for a while, and I actually I made an episode about this in like October 2019 or something like that. It was a long time ago. Um, that was on my old podcast. So it's it's just it's a topic that or it's an issue that's been going on for years now, and that's China's oppression, persecution, genocide. Of its Uyghur population. So the, the Uyghurs are a primarily Muslim ethnic minority in China in the Xinjiang province. I, I probably butchered that pronunciation. And essentially what China is trying to do is assimilate them. Forcefully assimilate them to the, to the majority Han Chinese ethnicity. So they're forcing them into concentration camps, which they call re-education camps or vocational training facilities, something like that. They're forcing these people into concentration camps. They're using like crazy surveillance methods to, to track them and to weed out any kind of dissent, I guess. I'm talking cameras. I'm talking facial recognition. I'm talking different ways of like bugging their phones and computers. And it's really some crazy shit like they're putting them bound onto train cars and shipping them off to these concentration camps which they call like something like vocational training facilities i mean it's reminiscent of the holocaust it's actually the largest mass detention of any minority group since the holocaust we're talking numbers like almost two million uyghurs and uh, some other minority minority groups in the country as well are, are being grouped in with them it's some really dark shit they're taking kids away from their families they're forcing them to learn mandarin and they're indoctrinating them with these um chinese government values and some of the worst uh, atrocities that they're committing is um there's some really compelling evidence that many uyghur women are being forcibly sterilized so i guess they're trying to keep the population down it's easier to control a smaller population right there's evidence that they're harvesting organs. Yeah, I'm reading this article right now, and uh, it's saying that the, this journalist, Ethan Gutman, who works for the International Coalition to End Transplant Abuse in China, that's very specific. According to the information he collected, it's estimated that a minimum of 25,000 Uyghurs per year are now victims of forced organ harvesting. What the fuck, man? But what I wanted to address is the lack of interest in this. I mean, there, yeah, a lot of news networks are covering it. Um, people are starting to talk about it more and more. But this has been going on since 2017. And we've seen no government action. Lately, we've seen at least uh, some acknowledgement that this is going on. In late October, there was a Canadian House of Commons committee that concluded that the Chinese state's mistreatment of Uyghurs amounts to genocide yeah it does and we've known that for a while but at least they're admitting it now 
which Donald Trump actually did yesterday in his last full day as president of the United States, his administration finally condemned Chinese actions against Uyghurs and actually labeled it genocide. Now, I don't know if he did this because it's the right thing to do, clearly, or if he wanted to just further complicate China-US relationship for Biden to deal with. I, I don't know if he's just trying to you know, muddy things up for the for the next guy. Either way, it what he did was was needed. So now we just need some action. I understand that it's it's going to be difficult, um, and I understand that there are some there are going to be some consequences. World leaders acknowledging that China's committing genocide is one thing, and we definitely need more. But it's another thing entirely to impose sanctions and to call them out directly, I guess, uh, demand justice. You know, I don't know about imposing sanctions or I don't I don't really know how the government could pressure them and could demand justice. I don't even know if they would even care if uh, if, say, Trudeau were to go on the offensive or I guess defensive from the perspective of the Uyghurs. You know, I understand that there there are consequences and that's probably why no one's doing anything. There, there would be trade consequences. There would, you know, diplomatic issues. We've got some issues going on with them over Hong Kong. You know, maybe they just don't want to make it worse. But there's a lot of other countries in the world. I, I just want to see some action. I just want to see some kind of action because I, I really don't want to see a repeat of the Holocaust. Now, I'm not saying it's on the same scale, but it's just as disgusting. And it makes it worse that nobody's doing anything. We talk a lot about how during the Holocaust, Jews fleeing Europe on boats were, were refused entry to North America. Now, the amount of shame with which we look back on that point in our history is enormous. And I don't want to see a repeat of that. I, I don't want to be ashamed of my country's apathy towards these people. You know, the thing is, in the West, or I should speak for Canada because I'm I'm Canadian, we tend to have this idea of moral superiority over the rest of the world, over other cultures, other religions, uh, other ways of doing things. And yet, oftentimes, we fail to act on injustice. I think if, if Canadians want to keep that, that sense of moral superiority, you know, we better act and we better push for progress and for amelioration of these horrific crimes when we see them. Because if we're knowingly and willingly refusing to act, that's even worse than being ignorant. And I often say nowadays, there's almost no excuse for being ignorant. Like you have so much access to information. It's kind of ridiculous. It's unprecedented. And that's a word that's been overused since the pandemic hit, but it's true. It, our access to information is unprecedented. And I feel like there's no excuse for being ignorant. Obviously, you can't know everything, but but I know there are people who are not trying to know anything, like learn something. This is, this is one of those times when we can, we can really learn about something and we can hopefully make a difference or push to, to have our, uh, our, our elected officials at least take a stand, take a solid stand. That's all I got for my hopes, expectations, desires for 2021. I'd like to uh, just take a few minutes and, and talk about the biggest news of the day, which is Donald Trump is is gone. So at the 
So by the time you hear this, Joe Biden will have been inaugurated as president of the United States of America. Donald Trump is now gone, and uh, it feels pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I remember when when Trump announced that he was running for president. I really thought it was a joke. Because I remembered watching him as a kid on uh, The Celebrity Apprentice. My mom liked watching that. So that was where I knew Donald Trump from. I I didn't know anything about him, really. Um, I mean, obviously, as I got older, I I knew that he was a a real estate mogul, let's say. Um, You know, a businessman. Uh, But I just always thought he was ridiculous. like Almost like a caricature of a rich guy. But almost like a caricature of a caricature of a rich guy. Like he was, he was so ridiculous, and uh, and that hair was just offensive. And then when I saw him announce that he was running for for president, I really just thought it was a joke or some kind of marketing stunt to plug his next upcoming TV show. And then he started getting support and attention. And more attention. And he started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he has this way of speaking which comes from his narcissism. And none of the other candidates knew how to deal with it. So it seemed, I guess, to his supporters that he was winning all these debates. Now, what I really didn't understand about Trump's campaign uh, for the presidency was I, I just didn't understand like the political dynamics, I guess, going on in the States. I mean, I was 19 years old. A 19-year-old Canadian. So, you know, I, I just didn't have the... I guess it's not that I didn't have the access because I had access to the internet. But I was young, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't care that much. You know, I didn't understand the political, racial, cultural dynamics. I didn't understand what kind of forces were moving where in the States. I didn't understand what was really frustrating people down there. And what was especially frustrating for rural Southern whites... Um, who constituted a huge part of Trump's base. Their uh, lifestyle and their uh, perception of reality or their experience uh, is completely different from, from that which we know in Canada. I know it's sometimes it's hard, even for me, uh, and I've thought about this a lot, but even, even so, it's still hard for me to kind of uh, wrap my head around the differences between us and the States. You know, there are some more obvious ones, but for the most part, like we're super similar culturally, linguistically, demographically. We're super similar and like almost interchangeable. More so with certain parts of the states, and then I guess excluding Quebec. But uh, those similarities, I find, kind of make it difficult to see the differences. And there were some huge cultural and ideological differences that led to Trump being elected. And just as a Canadian, I guess the reason that I perceived it as such a joke as such a farce for so long was because I just didn't understand what was really going on in the States. I didn't really see why people would like him or how they, how they could possibly like Trump. But for a lot of, for a lot of, um, rural Southern whites, like I said, uh, even not, not even just rural whites though, and not even just Southern whites, it was majority white people, but for a, for a huge part of his base, they felt you know, almost disenfranchised from the political system. They felt like they weren't being represented by the uh, by the mainstream Republicans and or Democrats, I guess. Um, and in Trump, they saw they saw an outsider and they saw someone who, you know, and it's because of his rhetoric, right? You know, he said he was going to drain the swamp. He said he was going to do 
a lot of other things that would benefit the average Joe. And for me, I just saw it as ridiculous. But for them, it it was it was legit. It was finally, you know, their their savior, I guess, from their from their political system. I really didn't think it would come down to Trump and Hillary, and then it did. And then I thought, okay, there's no way Donald Trump is going to become the next president of the United States. And then he did. And then his whole presidency was just, it was a tragic comedy. It was similar to his, his run. It was filled with lie after lie after controversy after controversy after allegation after allegation after impeachment after impeachment. I mean, this guy was impeached twice. <laughs> twice. Two times. Dose. de Crazy. And then even when he loses the election, even on the on the way out of office, he's lying about election fraud, all this stuff. It was like, you know, I'm not a, a super politically informed guy. Like I, I'm not trying to offer any super in-depth analysis of Trump's presidency, but it was just crazy how the whole thing just felt like a joke, even up to today. I mean, he, he didn't even show up to the inauguration. So yeah, it just took me a while to really understand what people liked about Trump. It really didn't change my opinion of him, but it helped me, I guess, empathize a little more with people or not just condemn them for their uh, political leanings. Like, I think Trump is ridiculous. I think he's dangerous. I think he's unhinged. <laughs> but I wouldn't condemn someone for voting for him or for liking him you know i'm in canada so i don't know anyone that personally that's voted for him but i do know people who support him and i won't immediately write them off because of that i think that's a that's a really immature and naive way of looking at the world and and interacting with other people so i guess we'll see where this goes i don't know if we're gonna see much of trump especially with these uh with these social media bans which is another topic entirely how i feel about all these social media networks banning trump silencing him i just see it as the beginning of we're licensed to 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 censor people for not towing the line i'm not saying i agree with the things trump says or does but i don't know if censoring and uh, deplatforming canceling is is the right move but yeah as far as biden and trump and and all that I hope the media stops focusing on every single thing he does. And I hope that the United States can move past Donald Trump as a person, as a personality. And they can they can begin to deal with some of the things that, that he did, some of the things he caused, and uh, all the things that went wrong under his administration. This was definitely more of an opinion and personal episode. They won't all be like this. Like I said, I'm going to be doing some, or maybe I didn't say that, but I'm going to be doing some like analysis of different stories. Uh, I'm going to be talking about current events and culture and cool shit, like I said. Uh, and I'm definitely going to be having some interviews. So next week, dropping Monday, I'll have something brand new for y'all. So stay tuned. I'll catch you later. <laughs>